Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union label. That's to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. So how is it that Friday the 13th fell on a Monday this week, <laughs> this month? I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, it is December already. Karen Cataline filling in for Alan Nathan today. Oh, it is so much fun to sit in here. I'll tell you, there is just no end, no shortage, no end to the information and news. You know, you could be drinking from a fire hose every day, every minute. I just had the most interesting conversation with a rabbi friend of mine. I'm going to be meeting with him every week. You know, you know, cling to your faith, whatever your faith is. I don't care, but my, oh, my. We got people who want to be God in your universe and in mine. So whatever you conceive God to be, because after all, it is free will. uh, I think I'd rather, where do you go when human beings are trying to uh, usurp the God-given rights of other human beings? Well, uh, I don't know. Voluntarily, you can go to God. And, and, you know, it is so great to have these discussions with people from all walks of life on what they believe. Um, this is not a you must, you have to, which is what the left's religion is all about. The left is you will believe this, you will do as we say, and we will shut you down if you don't. That religion is called communism, socialism, totalitarianism, authoritarianism, all, mind you, because it's for your own good. Now, we get to decide what's for your own good. Meanwhile, people are dying from the vaxes that they are forcing up, but I get ahead of myself. (sighs) So, just since the weekend, and since I spoke to you last, which I think was a week ago, Jussie Smollett was convicted. Kyle Rittenhouse was not convicted. And I want to know, were these isolated cases of good news, of justice being done, of an obvious injustice being corrected in the courts by uh, juries who still have a conscience? Or is this just... Is this just a isolated cases, or is this America attempting or signs that we are returning to judicial sanity, that we are re- returning to any form of sanity, to tell you the truth, other than the worship of lawlessness and the punishment of lawfulness? That's what we're seeing, a complete reversal of right and wrong, good and evil, whatever you conceive evil to be, uh, if you believe in any sort of universal truths of honesty, of integrity, of, uh, you know, not abusing your fellow man. I mean, if you can't help your fellow man, at least 
stop abusing him or her. Uh, The left used to virtue signal about that frequently, and now they're supporting that very thing. So that's my question. Are these isolated cases of good news for us, those who still strive for, uh, we may fall short, oh yes, we do fall short of, of always being good or doing good, but to my way of thinking, it boils down to what you're striving for. If you're striving to do good, even if you fall short, it's miles and miles and it's a chasm difference than uh, scoffing at good, hating the good, and doing everything you can to elevate evil. And by evil, I mean intent to harm, intent to deceive regularly, uh, oh, little things like genocide, mass murder, um, <laughs> deception in order to control the masses. I'd call that evil just to define my terms. And so, yes, those who strive for good certainly fall short many a time, but at least they're trying on the side of bringing light rather than more darkness to the world. So, you know, again, I'm not here to proselytize. My religion doesn't proselytize, actually. We don't like it when others proselytize to us. But if you believe in the fundamental principles that made this country great, and that is that we are a Judeo-Christian country that is founded upon uh, our rights coming from God rather than from men, Uh, And you don't even have to believe in God. I I don't know why I'm apologizing so much, but I'm just simply trying to include all those who may not have any formal religion, who may even be an atheist. I don't really care. I've known some very principled atheists who still believe in good and evil from the standpoint that the universe feeds you consequences when you do bad, Uh, you know, Case in point, The Telltale Heart of Edgar Allan Poe. If you've not ever read that, do. The man's conscience gave him up. And that's what I'm wondering about. Where's the conscience of the world? Well, our system up until these disturbing times has been set up so that people who are bound by the Constitution, the judiciary, is responsible for settling disputes, justice, uh, equal justice under the law, without the constant burden of politicization, which of course we have every day and twice on Shabbos. That's all we get is politicization of every shape or form. Even our judiciary has been politicized. And the question is how... Uh, do we return to the rule of law in this country? And it appears that we still have judges and juries who are deciding cases that probably have, at least in the Rittenhouse case, should never have been brought to court in the first place. It was an open and shut case as far as many people were concerned, but he was dragged through the mud and dragged through an indictment, dragged through a trial because... The evil, and that doesn't just include Democrats, but the 
authoritarian establishment, whatever you want to call them, deep state, the swamp, they, in varying degrees, are in cahoots to demonize those who dare to disagree and try to save people in the middle of a riot, to make an example of law-abiding, decent citizens who are trying to do good in the midst of this uh, uh, shifting of moral consequences by those who have power and are trying to amass more of it. Did that make sense? So, uh, my, 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 I've had lots (laughs) to say all the way around the block. But it's becoming easier and easier, isn't it? To see who are striving to do good in the world and those who merely virtue signal in order to disarm their enemies and control and manipulate them. That's called coercion. That's called deceit. If If you don't benefit by assisting another person. You're not putting your hand in someone else's pocket, giving the money to your buddies and then calling yourself generous, which is deceit and corruption. Then uh, you are on the side of restoring the rule of law. So we'll continue to examine and explore these questions of, are we turning the corner here? I have lots more to say on the subject, but are we turning the corner because we saw the Jesse Smollett case, which by the way, I think every Trump supporter has standing to sue Jesse Smollett for defamation. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but boy, I wish it did. Just as I hope Rittenhouse sues the pants off the media that defamed his character rushed to judgment, which is a really benign term for they convicted him before he even had a day in court or had his day in court. And, you know, God love that jury. They watched the riots. They knew the evil that was going on in those streets with the tacit acceptance of politicians and unelected bureaucrats. Oh, but I do go on. We are going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be off and running with a constitutional attorney. Jonathan E. Mord will join us right after this. You're, you're listening to Spouting Off and the Alan, excuse me, you're listening to the Alan Nathan Show on the Main Street Radio Network. And this is Karen Cataline. We'll be right back. This report is sponsored by Amazon. This holiday season, Amazon is making it easy for families to access affordable, healthy, and delicious food. Customers can use their Snap EBT card on Amazon and Amazon Fresh to order all the fixins for their holiday table. From main course proteins and fresh vegetables to ingredients for family favorites like macaroni and cheese and mashed potatoes, shoppers can easily access everything they need for holiday meals. All season long, customers can shop shelf-stable pantry items from Amazon.com. 
Amazon.com, as well as fresh produce, meats, dairy, and more from Amazon Fresh. And customers can save time during the hectic holiday season with free home delivery on qualifying orders, no Prime membership required. Plus, customers who add their Snap EBT card on Amazon will also have access to budget-saving offers and exclusive discounts from select brands. For more information, to enroll your benefits, and to start saving today, visit Amazon.com slash Snap. That's Amazon.com slash Snap. According to a recent Bank of America survey, 65% of people had already started preparing for the holidays in early October. With seasonal preparations underway, having a holiday shopping plan can help you find more ways to make the most of your spending. Mary Hines Stroche, Bank of America Head of Consumer and Small Business Products. Shop with a plan this season. Determine how much you're willing to spend and assign a dollar amount to each planned purchase. Remember to include smaller costs like wrapping paper, gift exchanges, and shipping fees, which can quickly add up. In addition, Make sure you use a credit card that rewards your spending, which helps offset costs so you can focus on spending quality time with loved ones. For example, the Bank of America Customized Cash Rewards Credit Card offers 3% cash back on purchases in one of six select categories of your choosing, including online shopping. Using Bank of America's mobile app, create alerts to track your holiday spending and monitor account activity. To learn more, visit bankofamerica.com slash credit dash cards. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. (laughs) No, you hold my hand. Here we go. (laughs) Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. I learned patience from my adoptive dad. All he had to say was, Hey, you got this. Just breathe. Hey. (laughs) We're pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Might have to start a band. (laughs) I got it. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. (laughs) Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm your happy regular fill-in host, Karen Cataline. If you'd like to access the website or the archives of the Alan Nathan Show, I mean, this man has done 25 years plus of radio. I don't know how many shows are on there on that website, a whole bunches of them. 
Um, uh, lots of the ones I've done, but even more, uh, all the ones that I know of that he's done for who knows how long they go back. But if you'd like to access that or more, just go to www.mainstreetradionetwork.com. There you will find the archives of the Silk or Antrim show, as well as the Alan Nathan show and a couple of my articles too. sometimes find their way to that website. Well, we're going to just start off, you know, hook, line, and sinker with a constitutional attorney, columnist for USA Today magazine, co-host of the Sacred Fire of Liberty Hour on the Robert Scott Bell Show. His name is Jonathan Emord. Welcome, Jonathan, to the Ellen Nathan Show. You're with Karen Cataline. Great to be with you again, Karen. Well, it's good to be with you. I think I talked to you last week. You are becoming a regular so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you have a great piece in townhall.com, which you put out after we spoke uh, about a week ago, and it is stunning. I mean, if anybody thinks that the current leftists in power care about either the Constitution or upholding their oath of office, this story alone should tell you that they are brazenly uh, violating the law and not caring about it. They're daring us to do something about it. Uh, that is, I'll just read the title and I'll let you uh, wax philosophic about this very important piece. New York City law giving non-citizens right to vote violates fe- uh, federal and state constitutions. Jonathan, what do we need to know about this other than everything? Well, I think everyone uh, logically appreciates that if you allow non-citizens to vote uh, after only being resident in your state uh, or in your city for 30 days, that uh, you open yourself up to complete corruption and destruction of the election system and a takeover of this country uh, by those who are non-citizens. It's insane. And the Constitution, as in most instances, deals with rationality. And in the 14th Amendment, it defines citizenship for both the federal and the state governments in the Citizenship Clause, which reads, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. So a citizen can either be a person born here or someone who is naturalized. A citizen cannot be a non-citizen who has not been naturalized. And under Article 1, Clause, or Section 8, Clause 4 of the Constitution, only Congress can define who is naturalized. And that's a power given to the United States, not to the states, not to New York City, uh, for anyone who is not born here. And then when you go under Article to Section 1 of the New York Constitution, only citizens are entitled to vote at every election for all officers elected by the people. So there is no legal foundation for this action. But more importantly, each one of those officers, those members of the uh, city council who voted for this, each of them swore an oath to uphold the Constitution of the federal government, the United States Constitution, and the Constitution of of New York, and they're violating their oath with impunity. The reason why this insane move is so 
patently ridiculous is that no one would have assumed that someone would wittingly violate their oath of office to do something like this in the ordinary course of things. But when you have socialists dominating government, you have a socialist mayor in New York, and you have Mm -hmm. socialists in the city council, you end up with people who themselves violate uh, the Constitution because socialists aren't eligible to hold state office under the Constitution. So it's it's a it's they're a not. parade of horribles. I thought that well, no, I mean, not. for for decades, I have heard, I have watched uh, people under the uh, Democratic Socialist Party run for president and so forth, and I always wondered how that was possible. Uh, what law is that that says that if you're a socialist, you can't run for office? Can we get well, rid of AOC that of way? Yeah, under Article 4 of the Constitution, you are expressly required as a condition preceding to be in elective office, both on the federal government and in the state governments, to swear an oath to support the Constitution. Hmm. And to support the Constitution, you necessarily cannot be a socialist. So if you're a self-avowed socialist or an admitted socialist, like Bernie Sanders, AOC, a host of others... A host of uh, many you, others. You have admitted, yeah, you've, you've admitted that you're inel- ineligible because you've re- you, uh, you swear an oath to support the Constitution, which is a condition preceding to your right of service under the Constitution, your eligibility. So you're ineligible. And likewise, as I mentioned, that applies to the states expressly by the United States Constitution. So you can't be a, a judge if you're elected. You can't be a... Uh, you can't be a judicial officer of any kind uh, or a member of Congress or any representative assembly or, or the president of the United States and be uh, a, a person who has not sworn an oath to support the Constitution. The word support is particularly important because it's not simply that you're aware. It's that you actively support the Constitution. In Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution uh, it guarantees a Republican form of government to the states. So in this instance, these New York uh, uh, Congress or New York uh, members of the city council are, are undermining the right of citizenship and attacking the Republican form of government. Let me just so there, stop there you there for a minute. Here. Gosh, I had three questions I want to ask you, but I don't have the time to do that. We only have about a minute. Um, it, this, like so much else, were, is being done brazenly in plain view. And just as uh, Bernie Sanders won't be brought, you know, that he can't hold office because he's an avowed socialist, none of these things ever, uh, nobody ever gets held accountable. Just speak to it, if you would, because if, if you give up, uh, if you avoid uh, all accountability, then it you might as well just shred the Constitution now. It's not being followed. Right. We see the rule of law violated with impunity. We see a biased system of justice where those who burn buildings down or assault people or snatch and grab things off stores, uh, stealing, uh, they if they're Antifa, if they're BLM, <clears throat> or if they're a minority uh, doing it, then the government lets them off scot-free. If you were involved with the January 6th riot, you can rot in the Capitol jails. Uh, yeah, and in, in solitary, solitary confinement. confinement for walking into the people's building that the officers invited them in. 
unbelievable. Could you very quickly tell us how people can find you, find that article? Actually, I will, Jonathan E. Mord, because we got to run. It's townhall.com, Jonathan E. Mord, E-M-O-R-D. Read that article and fight back, stand up. Right, Jonathan? Right. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you so much. Obviously, we'll have him again. We got to take a quick break, and we'll be back on the Main Street Radio Network right after this. This report is sponsored by Office Depot. Last-minute deals are here, and Office Depot is helping customers wrap up the holidays right. With daily and weekly deals through the end of the year and unique curated gift guides, Office Depot is offering must-have supplies, time-saving services, and popular gifts for everyone left on your list. Along with just-in-time savings, Office Depot customers can enjoy 20-minute in-store and curbside pickup. Get the gifts you need faster and easier than ever. Simply place an order on officedepot.com or the Office Depot mobile app and select in-store or curbside pickup at checkout at least one hour before the store's closing time. Customers can find great prices both online and in-store on furniture, technology, planners, calendars, and a wide variety of other supplies and business essentials for the new year ahead. Shoppers can also sign up for a free Office Depot Office Max Rewards Program membership to unlock even more great savings. To learn more, visit officedepot.com or officedepot.com slash store locator to find a store near you. This report is sponsored by Office Depot. This report is sponsored by Meta. Inspired to volunteer, fundraise for a cause, or give things away? It's easy to use Meta's products, Facebook and Instagram, to make a real difference in this world. Neighborhoods is a dedicated space on Facebook where you can connect with your neighbors. There, you can list items for free that you want to donate to your community. Roya Winner is with Meta. More than ever, people are using Meta products to participate in their local communities. Over 1.5 million nonprofits can use Facebook and Instagram's fundraising tools, and people have raised over $5 billion to make a meaningful impact in their lives and those they care about. There are many ways to make a big difference in the world right from your phone. Meta makes it easier than ever before to unlock generosity in our community. For more information, please visit facebook.com slash fundraisers. This report is sponsored by Meta. Hi, it's Practical Polly's radio show. If you're just figuring out that healthier cooking oils are better than solid fats, you may be asking, now what am I going to do with all these tubs of lard? Ever had one of those moments when your favorite skinny jeans feel too tightly tailored? Generously apply lard to your hips and thighs and those fancy pants will slide on like a dream. Or here's a family-friendly idea. How about making your yard into a lard fun park? Frost your driveway with a nice thick coating and give those kiddos a downhill thrill no matter what time of year. Having a bad hair day? Yep. A little lump of lard can tame your flyaways in a jiffy. So there's no need for that lard to go to waste or to your waste. But get your best heart-healthy trade-up with healthier oils, like canola, olive, or other vegetable oils, which can actually lower your chances for heart disease. Now that's a tip worth keeping for life. Learn more at heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info is the national supporter of the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. 
Hi, I'm Ray Solano, pharmacist and owner of PD Labs with your Healthy Choices Minute. A new drug was approved by the FDA in 1984 and saved millions of patients from drug overdoses. Amazingly, researchers found at one-tenth the normal dose, it had a completely different positive effect. It's called low-dose naltrexone, or LDN. This safe, inexpensive drug helps reduce inflammation, reduces pain, and helps with mental health conditions. It is no wonder many patients call this a wonder drug. Now, PD Labs has partnered to launch a national website offering education, research, and telemedicine called LDN Health Center. The LDN Health Center offers an in-depth library of published studies, condition lists, and unique medication dosages at no cost. Call PD Labs today at 888-909-0110. That's 888-909-0110 or our website, pdlabsrx.com. Remember, you have a choice in healthcare. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm your happy fill-in host, Karen Cataline, and we're off and running into uh, the next the next guest. We are happy to welcome attorney for the Pacific Legal Foundation. I'm quite a fan. I have interviewed many attorneys from the Pacific Legal Foundation, and oh my, do we need them out there because we're starting to see some wins. Uh, He is previously served as a prosecutor and a public defender. His name is Caleb Krakenberg, and we are Krakenberg, excuse me, and we are delighted to have you, Caleb, on the program. Welcome. Thank you so much. So what's this I hear? I sound like I'm on Saturday Night Live. What's this I hear about the Biden administration? We know it's the whomevers, whoever is actually running the Biden administration, forcing companies that use federal land to raise their wages. Is, is there anything they do that doesn't involve force these days? And what about this forcing them to raise wages? Talk about that if you would. So back in uh, July, the, the president issued an executive order saying for every federal contractor, you have to pay a certain minimum wage, which is $15 an hour or twenty two fifty for overtime. And, you know, to the extent that that's normal federal contractors, people who have agreements with the government, they give them services, that's one thing. But But the way they define federal contractor is anybody that has any agreement with the government essentially to do anything. And 
for my clients, um, I represent a group of, of outfitters that use federal lands. They pay money to take river tours on national parks or forest service lands. And huh. the Biden administration is saying, okay, that means you're a federal contractor. You have to follow our wage rule. That's amazing. It, 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 it's an awful lot like demanding that private companies with more than 100 employees uh, do the bidding of the government and force their people to take an unsafe, ineffective shot, is it not? Well, it's very similar. And actually, <laughs> the Biden administration did the same thing uh, with a vaccine mandate for contractors, yeah. and they defined contractors the same way. And, and I mean, this is part of, I think, a pattern where the administration is saying, we might have some authority to do this, this little thing. I mean, in this case, it's uh-huh. you know, set conditions on people who actually have contracts with the federal government and they're just going to extend it as far as they possibly can and, and just make businesses do whatever they think they, the administration comes up with. Always um, pushing the envelope, always pushing private people to give up, hand over their rights to make their own decisions. I don't know if you can speak to this. I might be going off the track a little bit. But uh, so far, this strategy is getting shot down quite a bit. Uh, in the courts, I'm cautious about seeing whether it's going to be more of a pattern on our side. What do you think? Well, I, th- I think that's right. And, you know, just speaking of the vaccine mandate for federal contractors, uh, just last week, two different courts struck that down. Um, you know, and I'm hoping Bravo! that my clients, <laughs> you know, I'm hoping my clients will get a similar ruling because, yeah. You know, one of the things that I, I think is really insane is the economic impact for, for my clients. So they're river guys. And what they do is they take people on you know, great long trips down the river, you know, maybe seven, eight days. And the administration is now saying for the river guides that go on that trip, you have to pay an hourly wage and you have to pay overtime starting at hour 40 and we're going to keep the clock ticking 24 hours a day. And, and I mean, what that means is that that is a wage rule that makes absolutely no sense and is devastating to my clients. You know what, Caleb? I'll tell you what you're talking about. These are private businesses using public lands to have a business to, to send people down the river. I'd like to send some of these corrupt politicians and you know where I'm going with this and unelected bureaucrats up the river for infringing upon the rights of individual citizens. Uh, You know, because we have such short segments here, and of course it's good because we keep the show going. I want you, if you would, I know that you're taking this case pro bono and I'd like you to talk a whole lot more about the Pacific legal foundation because you guys out there fighting this in the courts, and we're starting to see the judiciary set some limits on this runaway uh, authoritarian regime. 
Uh, talk about the Pacific Legal Foundation. So if we have listeners who might want to call them, they'll know exactly what it is you guys do, because I'm a fan. So we, we have been around now for almost 50 years, but we are a pro bono law firm that fights back against government overreach. And so any time that the government gets involved where it's not supposed to, and, and particularly when it hurts entrepreneurs and small businesses, we give them an opportunity to fight back because it's, it's hard to just go to court and stand up for your rights. And we're, mm-hmm. we're specialists. So we do that. We go to the courts and you know, we've had some really remarkable success. And I think part of what you're seeing is that the courts are starting to, to see this is something administrations keep doing. They keep thinking they're going to get away with. And, and I mm-hmm. think finally the courts are starting to wake up and they're pushing back. And they're saying, no, you can't do this anymore. I hope so, because I didn't, you know, how does this square in light of the George Soros attempts to buy the judiciary, buy secretaries of state, uh, uh, corrupt judges? I don't even have faith in the Supreme Court. What are your thoughts on that? Because they're our last line of defense, aren't they? Well, I I think the courts are incredibly important. And you know, part of what we do, part of what I do every single day is, you know, I can't, unfortunately, I can't rely on Congress to do its job. I certainly Mm -hmm. can't rely on administrative agencies to stay out of places that aren't their job. And, you know, unfortunately, I think the the courts are really the last resort. Um, You know, there's, there's good judges and bad judges, and I wish they were all shared my philosophy, but I do think we have reason to hope. And, and like I said, I think we're starting to see some, some good progress. Yeah. And the other thing too is that even if you lose some and uh, these kinds of cases, we shouldn't be losing any. Thank God for the written house. I, I, uh, uh, verdict and the Jesse Smollett verdict in which justice was actually done. Uh, but, you're actually slowing down your, your offering, putting forth a pushback that a lot of people are depending on. Because uh, think of what would happen if we had no pushback. Think what would happen right. if you don't push back. Tell everybody um, where people can uh, contact the Pacific Legal Foundation. And do you only handle uh, class action suits? I don't think you do, right? If someone has a case in which they are being uh, uh, pushed or the jackboot of big government is on their necks and it violates uh, the Constitution, can they call the Pacific Legal absolutely. Foundation? Yeah, absolutely. And, and we represent individuals first and foremost. And, and you know, when I, when I tell people about what I do, it's when the government comes and, and makes a problem, that's when we get involved. And so you can go to our website, pacificlegal.org. Um, you can learn a lot about all of our different cases. You can contact us. And, and I mean, that's really what makes us work is when people reach out to us yeah. and they say, you'll yeah. never believe what's happening to me. Unbelievable. I mean, we, we all know people individually. We know healthcare professionals. Do you know if uh, Pacific Legal is uh, actually defending health care professionals who are being who are losing their job for prescribing say ivermectin or 
uh, hydroxychloroquine or anything that they believe could help their patients, they're being uh, aced out. They're being fired. Do you have cases like that too? Well, I, I don't think we have any of those cases going on right now. But you know what I what I will say is we always, you know, we always fight for people to make their own decisions. People to make their own decisions about their lives right. and their jobs. And to be, and, if you're a professional, if you're a physician, for heaven's sake, not be told how to right. practice by the federal government. Uh, so much fun talking to you. Sorry, I had to leave it there. Caleb Krukenberg of the Pacific Legal Foundation. Best of luck in your case. We hope to follow it and see how it goes. We'll be right back. We have another wonderful guest, one of my favorites. John Zamirak joins us after the break. Karen Cataline in for Alan Nathan here on the Main Street Radio Network. A new specialty e-commerce coffee company not only wants to deliver a great cup of coffee, they're also committed to fighting against human trafficking. Social Brew was founded by 26-year-old entrepreneur Simone Ispahani, who was first introduced to the issue of human trafficking while in college. After working with nonprofit groups and lending assistance to survivors, Simone found a way to connect her love of coffee with her passion for social justice. Social Brew donates 50% of all profits to anti-human trafficking organizations. Social Brew founder Simone Ispahani. More than 40 million people worldwide are victims of modern-day slavery. My goal for Social Brew is to create a place where trafficking victims are seen and given practical tools to take back their lives. Social Brew offers a variety of coffee beans, primarily from Hawaii, exclusively on its website, socialbrew.us. To learn more about the Social Brew story and to find gifts for the coffee lover on your list, visit socialbrew.us. This report is sponsored by IBM. Call for Code brings together the world's software developers and problem solvers to take on pressing societal issues using advanced technologies to create cutting-edge solutions. Call for Code founding partner IBM and its creator, David Clark Cause, have named Soft Water as winner of the initiative's fourth annual global challenge. The Soft Water Sensor and Analytics Platform was created to combat water quality-related deaths in rural areas. The India-based team will receive $200,000 and support to incubate, test, and deploy their solution with the IBM Service Corps and the Linux Foundation. Ruth Davis, Director, Call for Code. Call for Code now reaches more than 500,000 innovators across 180 nations, and we see its impact on the ground in local communities. We are excited to work with this year's Global Challenge winner, SAF Water, to deploy a solution that could help provide people with the information they need to address water-cost illnesses. To learn more, visit callforcode.org. This report is sponsored by IBM. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got his first job Not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters. Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner. Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat. Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hungered in America. 
Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. Are you excited about being a new grandmother? Of course I am. A little intimidated, too. Why? Taking care of a baby today is so different than when I had you. But, Mom, you did great with me. Thanks, son. But I put you on your stomach to sleep. Right. But now we know that babies should always be placed on their backs to sleep for naps and at night to reduce the risk of sudden infant death syndrome or SIDS. Hmm. You also slept with blankets and toys in your crib. True. But now we know to keep everything out of the crib except for my sweet baby girl. No blankets, pillows, or other soft or loose items. Daddy's going to teach Nana all the ways to keep you safe while you sleep. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. For more tips on safe sleep for babies, visit safetysleep.nichd.nih.gov. That's safetysleep.nichd.nih.gov. Sponsored by the Eunice Kennedy Shriver National Institute of Child Health and Human Development. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our vets need you. I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity. I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair, and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune system. I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me? Would there be a ventilator for me? Would I be able to survive something? It's, it's just heavy. You know, it's, it's a heavy... It's a heavy moment. This is a war. This really is. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now. We all got to help each other right now. We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude that you're going to be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H-E-L-P-P-V-A.org. Welcome back to the Ellen Nathan Show. Karen Catalina filling in for Ellen today. And my, it's almost the end of the year and lots and lots to talk about. One of my favorites, everyone knows. Of course, a lot of my guests are my favorites, but I always enjoy talking to John Zamerak, senior editor at The Stream. Uh, he is co-author of 13 books author of the recent Politically Incorrect Guide to Immigration. He is a prolific writer over there at thestream.org. Welcome, John Zamerak, once again to the Ellen Nathan Show. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be on this fun show. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And boy, I, wouldn't, I couldn't talk to anyone I would love to talk to more about, and I didn't get a chance to talk about it on my monologue, so you get to talk about it. If you if you didn't know better, you would think you were living in a cartoon. The state from which so many have had to flee because of runaway crime, illegals, death, drugs, insane leftist policies run amok, wants to be an abortion sanctuary, and they want to use the Texas abortion law, which is limiting abortion, to limit law-abiding citizens having weapons to defend themselves. Go for it, John. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this one. <laughs> well, you know, I think California is adopting an established official religion. 
you know, in colonial times, up until like the 1820s, several American states had established churches because the First Amendment initially only applied to Congress, not to the individual states. California is adopting Satanism as its official religion. And I say that advisedly. The Temple of Satan, an official satanic organization that's registered as a church, is applying in Texas for the right to perform abortions as a religious ritual. And Ah. I just got an email from the Temple of Satan saying that if you wish to have an abortion as a religious ritual of of Satanism, um, they are going to court and say that the First Amendment protects satanic ritual sacrifice of unborn children as part of the freedom of religion. California is throwing tens and hundreds of millions of dollars of resources into killing black babies, killing Hispanic babies, killing poor white babies, killing inconvenient babies. California is making it clear that sacrificing the future, killing the innocent, is at the core of California values. And I have to say, I agree with them. Anybody who's still living in California should get out. It is not Nineveh. It is Sodom. And the only thing God had to say to the residents of Sodom was get out and don't even look back. Um, I, I cannot think God will bless or protect a state where the government is in the business of promoting as many abortions as possible. I looked at the California abortion sanctuary proposal, and part of it includes removing any restrictions on the abortion of eight- and nine-month fetuses, kids who could live outside the womb. You can murder them anyway. And in fact, you can cut them up for parts and sell them via Planned Parenthood to be used for the vaccine and other COVID medicine. They can be, their organs can be cut out while the child is still alive with its heart beating with no anesthetic. Its organs can be cut out and used for, to, uh, implanted into mice to create these Franken-mice that the National Institute for Health, with Fauci's approval, uh, was making at the University of Pittsburgh. Um, So the satanic nature of California's government is becoming ever more clear, and I would tell anyone of goodwill, anyone who believes in the God of the Bible, or the Quran, or any decent human being at all, get out of there. Get out of there, because... uh, the evil, destructive, insane liberal policies of turning criminals loose on the street, letting gangs loot high-end stores, let, letting crowds of looters pillage the local Walgreens, this is not going to get better. This is only going to get worse. California, I used to say California was turning into Mexico, but that is an insult to Mexico. California is Sodom. Well, and the sad and horrific uh, story here is that this is what they want to do to our country. The same leftists who, who control California want to do exactly the same, force it on every state. They're not content to own California. They have to force Texas, Florida, and every other state to be just as evil as they are. Well, they can't be an escape. They can't be any escape. If you can get out... You know, if there's another state you can go to that is not run by elitist lunatics for the benefit of a few tech billionaires and their pervert, perverted friends, if you can flee to Texas, well then, 
they're going to lose their tax base. They actually tried to pass a law that would continue to impose California state income tax for five years on anyone who left the state, but it was proved unconstitutional, of course. (laughs) Well, and it smacks an awful lot like East Germany versus West Germany. Can it be far away that they will build a wall? They won't build a wall on the southern border, no siree, but they'll build a wall along California's border to keep all their people in from seeking freedom. Yeah, they'll call it the anti-fascist protection wall. They can do it along the San Andreas Fault. Uh, And uh, you mentioned something about the Second Amendment, and that is ominous. Uh, One thing I worried about with this Texas bill, there's a Texas bill that allows private citizens to sue abortion clinics. Um, It was a clever way of getting around Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade pretends that the Constitution protects abortion because of a woman's privacy. Now, they don't think it covers vaccine mandates. You can force them to take an experimental gene therapy, but you can't stop her from killing her nine-month-old fetus. Uh, But nevertheless, the the pretense that abortion is covered by the Constitution led some lawmakers in Texas to come up with this very clever end run that allows citizens to sue, and then the government is not involved in the constitutional right, and so it's a clever way to try to stop abortion. The problem is you can apply that to any constitutional right, including the Second Amendment or the 14th or the 15th Amendment. So I think while I'm glad the Texas law was passed and I'm glad it's saving some babies, ultimately that law needs to be found unconstitutional because you can't do an end run around the Constitution by civil private legislation. Yes, and so true that we have standards that we at least strive to be to to reach. We don't always succeed. The left has no standards. John Zamirak, always succinct, prolific at the same time. Visit him at thestream.org. He writes every single day. What else, uh, John? We got a second. You also do a show. How can people watch your show? Um, I, I don't do a TV show. I, I occasionally appear on the Eric Metaxas show. You can find me on Rumble. I'm actually on every week. So look on Eric Metaxas on Rumble. Eric Metaxas. John Zamerick, thank you for joining us. We got to run. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back after this. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. 